Grab life big. All right, good boys, man. We got a special, a special thing to listen to here. This is the Pillar Killer interview, and you're in for a treat for this one. So let's get right to it. We're live here on Facebook in our GoBundance Elite community. So happy to be here with you today with uh, Mr. Dan Grieb and Aaron Amuchastegui. Uh, you may have seen Aaron Amuchastegui's name written places before and thought, holy shit, how do I pronounce that? So I'm here to tell you today that it's Amuchastegui. If you say it like you're Italian, it works way better. Amuchastegui. So we're here with these two incredible gentlemen today, and uh, we're going to be exploring the topic of extreme accountability. Um, these guys are amazing with accountability. In fact, they were our pillar killers, as you know, which means they were voted in, nominated, and crowned the champions of this pillar by uh, their peers, by you, all the GoBundance Elite members. So what a great honor that is uh, to be a leader and uh, it, within the tribe, but also I just want to point out that what these guys do in their families and in their communities is uh, is far more amazing than any contribution they've maybe given in within GoBundance. They're incredible guys in their businesses and in their lives, and we're excited to be able to learn more about accountability from them today. So guys, thanks for being here today. We're really happy to have you. Thank you for having thanks, me. Mike. Awesome. So let's jump into it for guys that don't know you or just getting to know you. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself, uh, your business, your life. Uh, give us a glimpse into uh, what it means to be Dan or Aaron. Go for it, Dan. Okay. Thank you, brother. So uh, my name is Dan Grieb. I live here in beautiful Orlando, Florida. I am married to my wife, Mindy. We've been married 18 years. I have two amazing boys, Riley and Drew. Uh, Riley's 15, Drew is 13. Uh, I have a great real estate team here at Keller Williams Real Estate Business. Uh, we've expanded into other territories and I've gotten big into investing in rental properties and I'm looking forward to getting into my first commercial uh, multifamily opportunity towards the end of this year. Um, GoBundance has been a life-changing experience for me for no other reason and hopefully we'll get into this but because it allowed me to think bigger and to think what was possible. You know, a lot of people go around and they're stuck in a box. And a lot of times that box is associated with their associations. And um, for me, my association was small. And my association really told me that you couldn't have it all. You could only have, you know, a great family or be a great parent and have wealth, but you couldn't necessarily have health too. And for me, I, for a large portion of my life, I actually just said, I'll do the, what I think is the least selfish thing and I won't take care of myself. And I've been really blessed to have been experienced to go abundance and see men that have what we would call it all. They have great businesses. They have great families. They have great relationships with their gods. They spend quality time with their wives. Aaron's one of those people that I really admire for that. And they have uh, amazing health. And I was able to get that as a result of my association with GoBundance. And, and I'm hoping we can talk about that as it relates to accountability. Yeah, awesome, Dan. And we will get into that. You've made an extraordinary uh, uh, improvements in your health. Um, perhaps some of the greatest strides I've seen people make in any pillar in, in such a short amount of time, uh, you totally turned it on. And, and that's probably in, in many ways how you ended up. One of our pillar killers is through that. 
um, execution of your health and being so accountable to it. So Dan, we're happy to have you, buddy. I can say personally that I've seen you many times go all in, uh, especially around Christmas time. You guys will see Dan supporting families uh, for Christmas and really saving Christmas literally for, for many, many families. Uh, he contributes to the tribe in countless ways, is always there to help and support. And I can tell you that uh, Dan's a guy that takes a stand for everybody's greatness. He really believes that everybody can, no matter where they're at, become great. And I've seen him impart that knowledge on so many young people, uh, uh, struggling business owners, real estate agents. Uh, so Dan, couldn't think of a better guy to have here uh, this morning, maybe other than Aaron. So Aaron, tell us all about you, buddy. <laughs> hey guys. Uh, and yeah, what an honor to be on here with, with Dan. The uh, I'm, I, I've been lucky to know him, and the although I, I was surprised that I got picked as a pillar killer, I was not surprised that Dan was. So the uh, I'm, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui. The Mike nailed it. It's taken us a couple years to, uh, to, to get that right, but he's one of the first to be able to nail it every time. So um, <laughs> I, I live out in Northern California. The, I have a wife and I have four kids. My daughters are 10, 8, and 7. And my son just turned two a couple days ago. Um, I've been in GoBundance for uh, you know a little over a couple years now. The you know I think a lot like what what Dan said when I when I found GoBundance, I was looking for something more. Um, you know, with the people that I was hanging out with and seeing, I had started to kind of make some big changes in my life and and and, and making a whole lot of progress. And what I found was there weren't very many people that I could talk to about it. You know, and so. Uh, when I stumbled stumbled across, uh, you know, somebody sharing a video about you know uh, GoBundance in Tahoe, I said you know maybe I'll go up here and uh, and had a great time, and they've really just gone all in since. You know, the I do a lot of stuff in kind of real estate acquisition. I'm not a real estate agent, but we we've bought and sold a lot of houses. We bought and hold houses as rentals. Um, you know, built a, a bunch of software and and had had times in life where I had huge teams and times in life where we had software and analytics to kind of have smaller teams. And over the last year, you know, my wife and I, you know, we spent 12 months where we, we averaged three weeks on the road every month and one week at home. And so part of, uh, so we've, we've come off this year of just great experiences and, and really excited about, you know, kind of, kind of the next year, really excited to see everybody in Steamboat and uh, see what else is on the horizon. Yeah, love it. And uh, Aaron, you've been such a big uh supporter of fam abundance and so integral in the development of those concepts uh you know your 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 four children izzy uh charlotte maddie and brax are just amazing human beings they're a testament to um the type of people that you and and kalina are and uh you know i've seen you go all in on uh, so much of what go abundance uh it offers but more than anything i've really respected your level of authenticity and uh and 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 vulnerability around who you were in the past and and becoming who you are today and to, to step into that with no shame and and really for me uh being somebody who was a punk ass a kid that got into a lot of trouble like that was a new thing for me um you sort of gave me permission and many ways to share some of my own struggles, which I, I realize now are what make us human and unique and give us character as leaders as these the struggles we've gone through. But Aaron, I, I love you and your family and, and what you're doing in, in so many ways. And Aaron was the uh, 
uh, the Ironman unlikely finisher last year where uh, probably the biggest, like, I'm going to do this Ironman and goes out and, and does it and really just rocked it, had his family welcoming him to the – running him back to the finish line and uh, surprised him there. But just awesome to be here with you guys uh, today talking accountability. So um, so here's the thing. If you're if you're listening to us live, we'd love to hear from you, give these guys shout-outs. If you comment on the live feed, it does get posted in our chat box by the Go team here on Zoom. So we'd love to hear from you if you're tuned in live. Um, also, uh, we'll do Q&A for these guys at the end. So if you have questions for them, jot them down. And uh, towards the end, we'll open it up for Q&A. Uh, so guys, um, tell me this. Let's start at baseline here, a context of extreme accountability. Is I'd love to hear from each of you, what does, what does extreme accountability mean to you? And uh, more importantly, what has it done for you? So what does it mean to you? Um, what does it mean and, and what is it, has it done for you? Aaron, you take this one, buddy. I'll go up to you. Cool. All right. I'll start the, you know, I, I think something that's interesting about accountability is there's probably, you know, there's several different kind of subcategories within it that mean it, you know, me getting voted, uh, in as a, an accountability pillar killer is probably for a different reason than for Dan and probably for different reasons than the people that I was nominating. You know, there's, so it, it means, a, it means a lot of, of different things uh, for me. I mean, um, I think for me, most noticeably, it's, uh, it's kind of that true, true honesty about everything about, you know, who I am, where I've come from, you know, the, and being able to kind of take the power out of, you know, of negative things that happen in our life and just being able to go, hey, this is, this is who I am and, and who's there. Um, you know, so part of it is just extreme honesty with everything. And, and, uh, and, and that's probably been uh, my biggest one, my biggest life-changing one, that the, you know, that, that whether it's big things or little things, there's so much freedom in life with that um, and just being proud of, of who we are. And one of the cool things with GoBundance is you get to be who you are. On your big successful days, you can share it. Uh, you know, at school, I couldn't say, hey, I lost a million dollars last year uh, when I was talking to other parents at the kid's school or, hey, I, I just did this apartment deal that made me 400000 You can't say that in other places. So if any place, you know, GoBundance also makes that a totally open place. You know, the other side of accountability really is just truly doing what you say you're going to do, right? So the, when it comes to, uh, the, the, you know, the GoBundance Ironman from last year that, you know, that Aaron, Aaron West and, and Grieve and a bunch of other guys kind of led the, the charge to set it up. Um, I, I said, yeah, I'm going to do this without really knowing what I was signing up for. Right. So the, a couple so many other guys have done it. I said, Oh, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, what happened before the actual event though, is a lot of those guys that I pointed out didn't end up doing it with us. Um, but a lot of, a lot of times in training, so a month or two in, I realized it was going to be a lot harder than I thought. And a lot of those late training nights and going to the pool at 10 o'clock at night was going, I told my GoBundance guys I'm going to do this. I told my family I'm going to do this. And so it was, I mean, going, going to go work out at 9 or 10 o'clock at night when I'm ready for bed was just crazy. But that was, but that was accountability for me. Doing what I say I'm going to do uh, is, is the big thing that's kind of a simple thing. It makes me more careful with don't commit to something if I'm not ready to do it. So real quick before we move on to Dan, Aaron, I love that. That was brilliant is – so what has it done for you in other areas of your life to have honored what you said you would do and follow through with that, which is ultra challenging for you 
how does how is that what has it done for you in other areas of your life to have accountability in that area or in any area yeah you know the several years ago goals were just goals right new year's resolutions were new year's resolutions and you'd go and i and i'd write them down every year and a month into the year they weren't on the list anymore right and so the one of the big things that accountability has done for kind of my health and my business goals and everything else, um, you know, within the tribe and within my family and, and everything else is being, you know, uh, trying to, to set lofty goals, but share them with as many people as I can, announce them to as many people as I can, so I follow through with it. You know, I've got, a, I've got my annual goals taped to my desk, so I see them, you know, when big things come up, you know, I'll, I'll do, make a big printout and tape it to my door or my mirror or something else to remind me like, hey, I said I'm gonna do this, and as a result, you know, I've been able to do amazing things with my health. You know, my businesses have, have, have really grown, you know, so much over the last couple of years. And, um, and then also, you know, so much with our family, right? Like the, along with telling my wife that we were going to, you know, go on more adventures and do more things and have that trade off. If, you know, if I was going to work and she was going to manage the family that I was going to be able to deliver, um, you know, whatever trips and experiences she wanted to have. And so, um, you know, by sharing goals with everybody and then, you know, that makes me more accountable. You act, I actually achieve goals now. So my new year's resolutions are seriously thought out. Now my month, my annual goals are seriously thought out. I don't just put stuff down because I know it's a goal. Yeah, that's great, man. Love it. They're not resolutions. You're turning them into the ways of being. And it sounds like you've just got really good at knowing what you should commit to and it being challenging and then still being able to go out and do it. Um, even though it's challenging. So that's great. Love it. Uh, how about for you, Dan? Well, accountability to me, a, a lot like uh, Aaron, it means, you know, doing what you say you're going to do. And, and for me, it's more about being responsible for your station in life. You know, if you're 100% responsible for where you are, no matter if it's good or bad, then you have the ability to make a bad situation good. Or you have a, the ability to take a good situation and, and make it better. And, um, and I just, focus on that and being responsible for my own life. You know, I, I did have some childhood issues, you know, getting abused by my dad and, and, and growing up with some problems, but I take responsibility for how I react. I live by ideally three cornerstone statements. One is life is 10% about what happens and 90% about how you respond. Mm. Um, another one is that you are at the place at the time experiencing what you're supposed to be experiencing and doing what you're supposed to be doing with whom you're supposed to be doing it with as preordained by the God of the universe. And then the last one that I, um, that I, I try to live by says, uh, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And what that means is that, you know, no matter what happened or whatever came up, that today is the day to make it different and make it right. So um, I'm doing that now. It's, a, it's an interesting uh, place to be. And how accountability has helped me is uh, it's primarily helped me because I've been able to uh, lose a lot of weight. I lost 110 pounds last year. I was able to be the first millionaire in my family. Um, I've been able to change my family tree and make it better for every generation that passes through me. It will be different as a result of um, the changes I've made in my life. And, uh, and that's super important. Awesome, Dan. So well said. I love it. We, we really have that ability to take control of our life if we're willing to be accountable. But if, we, if we're not willing to accept wherever we are and whatever's happening for what it is, 
it, it, it doesn't allow us a way forward. So I think that's so important to realize that no matter what happens to you or where you're at in life, you know, you have that ability to own your circumstance and in doing so you create such power for yourself. And, uh, you know, I love that. That's, that's awesome. So, well, let's dive into some of, uh, your stories. I'd love to just know, you know, uh, your history with accountability and is this something you are always good at? Is there a point in time when you, you decided like, I need to be more accountable is there someone that helped you out with it? What's the story of your journey through accountability from wherever you started to being now very accountable in your lives? You know, Aaron, I'll, I'll start with this one. Um, I would say that for me, accountability really, really showed up in my life when I became a parent and mm. when, I, um, when I started my own business. You know, I believe the American dream is not owning a home. The American dream is owning a business. If you were to say the American dream is owning a home, and what you're doing is selling the American dream very cheaply. Here in Orlando, you can have a home for $100,000 and with a loan program that only requires you to put down 3%, that means the American dream is only $3,000. And I think a business is a real accountable place where people are responsible for the things that you do. If you, um, if you mess up as the owner of that business, you know, people are out of a job. And, um, and if you mess up as a father, then it affects your sons. You know? And I, I want my life to mean more than just you know, some guy who kind of lived his life, you know, earned a living, um, went to work every day and then just died. I want to know that it matters. You know, I carry around uh, a Montblanc pen and to most people, Montblanc pens are stupid. They're just expensive pens. But to me, they're not. I have 10 of them and I have 10 of them for a reason. And that is the hope that I'll have 10 grand great grandchildren and that those great grandchildren will all get one. And when they do, they will, um, they'll use that pen and they'll remember me. See, most people don't remember their great-grandfather because their great-grandfather never did anything to, remember, to be remembered by. I want to do something so important in my life that my great-grandchildren remember my name and that when they hold my pen that they don't think um, it's just a pen. They think the man that held this pen did something great and now I do too. And so that's, you know, that's my journey through accountability. It's not necessarily losing weight or making more money. It's being responsible for everything that Grebe stands for, that my last name stands for. Because if I don't, then it just gets repeated on to what it's always been. And it's been bad. It's been poor thinking, abusive husbands, alcoholics, bad dads, you know, just terrible things. And I want to change my name. And I'm not going to take the easy way out and pick another one. I'm going to change it by doing something so great that my great grandchildren remember me by it. Mm. Wow, what a higher calling and duty that you've taken on, not just to your own family, but to multiple generations. Like that's a, a level of accountability that I think is is awesome. And I think one thing we could all relate to as GoBundance guys here is that um, you know, we are probably the patriarchs of our family. Um, we are probably gonna be the traditions, the rhythms, the, um, the uh, stories that are passed down, it sort of starts and stops based on what we do or don't do. So Dan, I love that you're bringing that up in a way where it makes it real because, you know, true, truly as leaders, there's a level of accountability that we have just in how we live our lives because people are watching. Our kids are watching, our partners, our, our employees, 
our neighbors, our community members are watching. And what they're watching for is two things is, unfortunately, one of the things is they're looking for a flaw in you or an excuse so that they can perpetuate their own uh, a situation of having not enough money or not what they want. And so if they see you as having a weakness that maybe they do, it, it helps them to create a story of why they could could perhaps stay where they are instead of moving forward. So as leaders, we have that ultimate responsibility. But until you were saying that, Dan, I hadn't really thought to that responsibility beyond my own family and generation. Maybe my financial legacy I have, but I hadn't really thought about that other piece. So I think that's really, uh, really important, Dan. Nicely said, buddy. Well, thank you. Um, I, I believe it. And I'll tell you, it's just reinforced by the associations I have. And I've been blessed to be in an organization like we are now. I've been blessed to have people that have taken an interest in me that have been further down the road that have said, hey, let me, let me help you with this because I believe in your cause. I believe in you. I was a lot like you. There's a, an expression by a woman by the name of Brene Brown that says, that which is most personal is also most universal. So when I start telling my story about this, it's resonating with other people because it seems so personal, but it's really not personal. It's actually universal. We all are men seeking a, a meaning to life. We want to know that when it's all said and done that we did something that mattered. And for me, that is not just financial. It's not just health. It's generational. You know, I don't know my great-grandfather's names. You ask me right now what my great-grandfather's name is, I can't tell you. And the reason why is because they didn't do anything that was noteworthy and they didn't mean that much to me that I would actually remember them. So when they died, they died. Well, when I die, I want the best of me to live on. And it's going to start by living on through my children and then through their children. And if I've really done a good enough job of instilling that into my family and to those that I lead, then it'll transfer all the way down to my great-grandchildren. And when they hold that pen, they'll know that a man of character, integrity, responsibility, accountability wrote with it, and they'll think of me. And maybe they'll make those same choices in their lives and you know, that's the only way you can live a thousand years is if you live it through other people. Yeah. And then they'll look at the Montblanc pen and be like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking as they're writing with a laser or dictating. They're like, is there a stylus on the end of this thing? Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for uh, shooting down my dream, buddy. <laughs> hey, you know what? They'll be like, holy shit. They use these. Wow. They'll, they'll think even cooler than, than not. Yeah, who was the dumbass that let me, left me this? Oh, I'll remember him. This is the stupidest thing I ever got. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That, that's so uh, funny. The, um, yeah, we just don't, don't worry, Dan, when we were in London, Ma Ma Madeline wanted to buy an old feather pen, right? So okay. the, so she was still very excited to get one of, you know, a pen from a hundred years ago and, and write with it. So you'll be fine. Um, also known as a quill. Yes. What a um, what an epic Dan sharing that was just so epic, right? What a what a simple way to be intentional about legacy. Like that, we could probably create a whole mastermind conversation with lots of people around what are a few small things that we could do today, like giving to our grandkids or our great grandkids to really implant that legacy there's probably so much we could do now that makes such a big difference 50 60 70 years from now i've never thought of that i've never been intentional about that but just by being a little bit intentional we could probably just change thousands of lives for all that so i love that for future conversations that i haven't heard you say that before and it's super inspirational um thank you, know, you so much of, uh, and a lot of a lot of legacy is probably where you know when i became accountable 
you know, when I started doing a, a lot of that stuff, I wasn't always an accountable person. You know, my accountability came out of, you know, a lot of like life experiences that weren't going very well. Right. Mm -hmm. The, you know, I've shared that I, I was a, I was a 20 year old, uh, 20 year old kid that they went to prison and, you know, had, had screwed up a lot and had to come out of that and, and say, all right, what, what am I going to do now? But even more so, I mean, four or five years ago was the time when I had previously built a giant business and then we lost everything within a year, you know, so the, you know, had lost a, a million dollars within the year. My family was in complete and utter turmoil because at that time with, with running the business, I wasn't putting my wife first, my family first, my kids first. And I made a bunch of horrible decisions. And so the, and at the, and after working through like a year of really like digging deep and going, how did this happen? Right? Like after I got out of prison and built this whole new life, that should have been it. That should have been like the end of the story. And it should have been happy sailing after that. Right? Like the, you go from that to like multimillionaire and you've got this giant business that's supposed to be the end of the story. And then he lived happily ever after. But then a couple, but I, it got to my head and, and I wasn't God centered and I wasn't family centered and I was power centered and money centered and, um, and all that came crashing down. So when all that came crashing down, you know, we had at least a year of like turmoil, right? Of me working, you know, waking up super early in the morning to do the office work while I, and then during the day I'd get my kids ready for school and send them to school. And then I would go do manual labor on job sites as I was trying to like rebuild all this. Um, at that same time, like, so then after like a year of rebuilding and really starting to get my, you know, get my reins again, you know, start to, now I'm getting some momentum. Now I, I found that I can reset a business over here and I can do that old business plan over here. Um, you know, that was the time I started reading different books that really helped me with like focus and goal planning. And as you get that momentum, it helps. Right. And then, um, it, you know, and then my dad passed away too soon. Right. So he passed away at 64. That was a really devastating experience for me because I had the year or two prior, I didn't get to hang out with him much because I was too busy trying to repair my family and repair my businesses. And so I had all this like extreme guilt and just kind of this craziness of, wow, my dad died before he was supposed to. And I didn't get that last time with him. But the biggest thing that he left for me was he died with, you know, he died um, with a whole bunch of regret. Mm. Right. He worked up until the year that he died and he could have retired 10 years sooner. Um, and he had all these things that he wanted to do someday and didn't. Right. So he had all these big goals, you know, dreams that he wanted to do, but he just continued to work. And so part of part of my commitment at that point was that I wasn't going to let his death kind of be in vain, like my regrets from the years prior. And then his regrets was I was going to make sure I wasn't going to have his regrets. And it was so, you know, it's, it, right around the same time I joined GoBundance, right around the same time I heard, you know, one of uh, Osborne's podcasts that he was on with, with Matty A and talked about, you know, if he, if he died tomorrow, I probably wouldn't have any regrets because he's had a really good run and he lives life to the fullest. And that was like these two totally different personas and perceptions. Like my dad of going, hey, I've got a lot of regrets. And somebody else going, I, I live, the, you know, the way that I want to. And so... So at that point, that was when Colleen and I made a giant shift to accountability. We had rebuilt our lives based on being honest, working hard, you know, trying to really be who I was and embrace it. Um, and then also making that commitment, you know, anything on the bucket list we're going to do now, anything on the family experiences we're going to do now. So, so my journey into like accountability as that thing and that thing that helped me change my life was built out of like devastation and struggle and then just surviving it. And realizing that that was such an important factor to, to make big changes. That's mm. crazy. You know, they say that 
that steel is forged with fire and like you are forged with fire. I mean, and so the worst moments of your life sometimes are the real blessings that develop the characters, what you did in the moment, who you became there is the man that, you know, I'm, I think is, I'm proud to call a friend and have as a brother is the character, but that character could never have been developed had you not gone through the fire. Have you not said, what am I going to do now? So good for you. I mean, Mike's hosting this, but I just want to let you know, I'm freaking super proud of you. Thanks, man. I, I think, and if I was going to share like the one thing with accountability with anything, that's it, right? Like the, the being brutally honest with who we are, embracing who we are and, and trying to be who we want to be. Um, you know, a lot of my success came after I got okay with all the stupid shit I did the rest of the time in my life. Mm, good stuff. Yeah, I could relate to that. The, um, I love the thing that you said about this sort of like, I never really thought of it, but like regret and accountability are sort of like um, two sides of the same coin or opposites, so to speak. It's like you really can choose one or the other. It's like you're either going to choose accountability or sometime in your life, whether it's the end or different stages, you're going to have regrets over what could have been. And accountability is sort of the juice that you fill in that whole of, of, of regret in the, in the past moving forward. So you have that ability to proactively choose accountability over not getting what you want in the end. So I love that. And, and the other thought I had as you guys were speaking is, is how important it is if we want to be accountable to truly go back and look at our past with a, um, a fresh set of eyes and to do it in a place where you're not in denial, but you're not also beating yourself up, but you're actually looking at it and you're saying, what is the gift that came from that? How can I reframe it and create new meaning around what happened there? And how can I see what was my greatest struggle and challenge or wounding as a uh, at, see it as one of my greatest strengths now or as something that forged my greatest strength and it's that reframing of the past I think that really breeds higher levels of accountability into the future so I just wanted to point that out because you guys were really keying in on that and, and it clicked in my mind uh, really clearly about how that past and we how we view it really dictates some level of our accountability or ability to be accountable in the future. I, I, when you when you pose that question, though, there's kind of two sides to that, right? There's the self-deprecating, you know, I screwed that up, therefore. I think you can be accountable to things in the past. However, you also have to recognize the fact that you, there's never been a time in your life where you know more than you know right now, where you've had more experience than you have right now. So now what must you do next? And, the, and my answer to that is just do the next right thing. And then what do I do after that? Then do the next right thing after that. Then what? Do the next right thing. And you, after a while, you've done the right thing so many times. When you look behind you, the wrong thing is so far behind that it's not something you focus on. Because I, I personally will say the further down I've gone and the biggest mistakes I've made in my life, or the, the biggest painful moments of my life is when I've asked myself, what was God truly preparing me for? And the further I went down, the further I had an opportunity to go up. Because your life is either going to be the the chain around your neck that drags you to the bottom of the ocean and where you drowned, or it's going to be the rocket booster that you put on your ass that blasts you off into a new stratosphere. And it's all dictated about based on the choice that you make right now. 
And that's where that philosophy of um, today's the first day of the rest of your life comes out for me. You know, and, and I, I missed one when I said as well, and that's this. You know, I'm, I'm 43 years old. You know, I've, I've almost been killed twice, once at the hands of my father and once when I was hit in the head with a bottle and cut my temporal artery. And so I've already got this concept in my head that my story is going to end well. Like my story is going to end well. So if I have to go through it right now, that's okay because my story is going to end well. And I'm accountable to what the decisions I make along that way, which is prolonging the pain of the moment or prolonging the situation that I'm going through. However, it's not going to change the fact that the story is still going to end well. You know, and, that's, and that's an accountable thing. I mean, that's where you really can come in and grab a hold of that. And I think that you know, leadership, when you think about that, is an accountability and leadership. They're actually cousins and maybe, maybe brother and sister in that when you start breaking down leadership, you break it down in my way, my definition, three ways. Number one is how you manage yourself. You lead yourself first. You don't lead others first. You manage yourself first. The second thing is, is how you manage in your family where it counts. And the third is how you manage and lead in your business and community. And every member of GoBundance is being ordained by me, a John Maxwell coach, Mike, you're one too. As a leader right now, the mere fact that we let you be in this organization means you're a leader. So everywhere you go, you take leadership with you. You bring accountability with you. But, but the point of all of that is that in your business, it's just practice. Like if you screw up a land deal, Aaron screwed up a land deal, it's just practice. He figured it out. He worked through that. He had to go through the mental space of, of getting that. An employee quits on you or you have a lawsuit you have to defend or whatever the worst case in your business comes up. That's just practice for when your wife comes home and says, I don't know if I love you anymore. That's when it really counts. Or you get the phone call and somebody says, the kid is sick. Like, you got to come now. Dad's in the hospital. Like, those are when the leaders have to show up. And if I can offer anything to my GoBundance Go brothers is that I can bring them a passion for leadership. And if they really embrace that passion and leadership and they understand all the things they're going through in business is just practice for when your family needs you, for when you need you, when our country needs you, when really important things are, are happening, you show up. That's what GoBundance is about to me. And that's what accountability means. And that's what these associations are and these calls are and the relationships that Aaron and I share. You know, the relationship you and I share is forging us through the fire, through each other's stories to make us stronger and more powerful leaders so we can have a better family, be better human beings, and therefore have better businesses and better communities. Yeah, it reminds me of what I, I've heard Rock Thomas say so many times about life happening for you and not to you. Yeah, he's brilliant. And then, uh, and then my coach, Janai, used to say that uh, everything that's in your life is there for your own personal transformation. Mm. So it's like having that sort of blessing and, and, and view it as a gift. Now, it's, it's easier to go back and reframe it as such than it is to have it happen in the moment. But couldn't we say that being able to reframe in the moment could be like the ultimate skill that, that a leader would need to, to have or that even a, a, a successful person would want to have is that ability to, to create the meaning that we want things to be, uh, to, to be meaning in the moment. Um, so I just was having those two thoughts and shout, shout out to Rock Thomas, who's always teaching us that if we do what's easy, life gets hard. And if we do what's hard, then life gets easy. Uh, so mm -hmm. I just love those sound bites of front end loading things and knowing that the work comes in the beginning. 
Um, so Aaron, any, any other thoughts on, um, on your story or on this topic of accountability and leadership being a patriarch? You know, the, it really is just accountability can be so many things, right? It can, it can, and it can start small and it can start with first things. And I, I love, I love the idea of breaking it down to doing the next right thing or, or the doing what you say it's going to do. Like sometimes it can be, it could feel pretty extreme if you're thinking about all life changes, but it can be really broken down into small increments and small ideas that can eventually make these huge changes. So Dan was sharing earlier that his stats from his watch for the year, his training watch, that he ran over a thousand miles, uh, biked over 4,000 miles and swam nearly 200 miles this year. And total time exercising is 596 hours, which, by the way, is exercising for 24 days straight, 24 hours a day uh, for the year. So I, I say that because this is an example of a, a way to track accountability, to hold yourself accountable through uh, a Garmin watch, right, knowing your numbers. Obviously, you probably have other means of accountability, but the question I want to pose to both Aaron and Dan is, um, you know, I want to know how you hold yourself accountable. I'd like to know how you hold your team members and, and other people accountable. And I'd love to know, um, you know, who is it that you're accountable to in your life? So self-accountability, who you're accountable to in addition to yourself, and then also how you hold others accountable. And, and what we're really after here is to help out the, 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 the guys, the brothers here is, what are the tactics and strategies and ways that we can utilize extreme accountability in our lives and our businesses to push ourselves and pull ourselves forward and to do the same for others? So, so give us your best uh, uh, ways of doing these things and how you do it for yourself and others. I'll, ju I'll jump in on that. You know, the, I think accountability is like a, is a team effort. Right. And the, and, it, and it, for, for me, it's gotta be a team effort. I mean, I have my journal, I have my list of things that I want to do. Um, I have my, my morning routines and, um, and, and with that, in order to like do my miracle morning routine, I still have, even though I've been doing it for years, I still have to write it out, right. And put my list of this is what I'm going to do tomorrow to make sure that I do it. Um, you know, before you go, so there's tools like that of, of just writing the stuff down there. And then, Another tool is, you know, I've got a couple of buddies. I've got a couple of guys that are accountability buddies that I go to for different topics. You know, I have people that I talk to about my fitness goals. You know, the, we have a, Dan and I have the same fitness trainer. Uh, part of that is anytime we work out on our watch, it sends him an email. And when I, and, and lately he's been sending me text messages and saying, hey, when are you going to start working out again, Aaron? You've been slacking. Um, the, so I, we've got, you've got personal trainers and that different people have coaches, you know, some of the guys that I talk to, you know, a couple guys in particular that are, are the guys that I bounce business ideas off of and, and business strategy and we hold each other accountable on our business strategy. So I think, you know, a lot of people within their pod, they do that, um, within other people, but I think you can have people in each category that you do it for. Um, and when, it, and when it's a really big goal, I think another thing is like, you know, Facebook or social media becomes your accountability partner. Like you make this giant announcement, um, then every, you know, like, hey, I'm signed up for the Ironman. Well, then every time I wanted to, to go to bed early and not do it in the back of your mind, you're like, crap, like, you know, I told everybody I was going to do this. So I think, I think a great tool for like the really big things, the really big hard things that's going to take commitment every day is you share it with as many people as you possibly can. Um, 
And then the other thing that I do is print out like big pieces of paper and banners and tape them to the window and that sort of thing. You know, when it comes to, to team members, like managing my, my team for our real estate assets, I do a, a one hour production meeting once a week. So on, on Tuesday mornings, we all get on video calls pretty much no matter where we are. And I go through kind of all of our processes. And, and at the beginning, I always start with some great news. Here's what we're doing. Good to see everybody. Here's a couple exciting things. We get into the meeting and during the meeting, I, I'll be very critical, sometimes overly critical. I'll say, I'm super disappointed about this. You know, this should have happened. And in a team effort, it really helps them step up their game. When somebody does something really wrong before one of our production, you know, during one of our production meetings the next week, you, you better believe they show up and they're on their game and, and, and they're fixing it. And, and then at the, at the very end again, you know, I, I, it's always like ending it with like, all right, I'm super disappointed about that. You know, the, that should have been done better. But you guys are a great team. I know you can do it. I've got faith that, that this next week we're going to do this. And the, you know, and, and I remind them, hey, this is just business. So I'm going to be overly critical and honest with you right now. Um, but when we leave the meeting, it's, it's back to, to stuff as usual. And then kind of quarterly reviews. And, you know, we did, a, we did a, an annual review with one of our employees yesterday. And at the beginning, I remind them, like, this is the safe place where you can tell me what you're pissed off about. We can tell you what, you, what we're pissed off about. And when it's all said and done, we go back to business. You know, we walk out of here, and it's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And so we walk out, and we go back into, you know, establishing goals and things like that. So I try to, I try to also kind of coach my employees personally. I, I make sure that all of our reviews talks a lot about what do they want to do when they grow up? What do they want to do personally over the next six months? I try to introduce them. If they want to buy a house, I try to introduce them to people that are going to help in that process. If they want to start a business, I start, you know, showing them how to set up the accounts and, and set up some of the things. So, um, you know, by caring about them personally and their goals and helping them with, with those goals, I think it, it helps get them more buy-in to our business goals. Overall, the person I'm accountable to the most is, is obviously my wife and my kids. That's the big reminder whenever, you know, the that was the other side of, you know, with, with Ironman, I wanted to finish it because I told people I would and I wanted to finish it because my, my GoBundance brothers were there and I also wanted to finish it because I told my kids I would, right? And, the, and as part of that, they missed a lot of time with dad because I'd go do training and things like that and so it was like that payoff back. So the, um, you know, accountable to my wife and kids, you know, accountable to God, accountable to myself, but, but the people that I care the most about, like the people that I don't want to let down, I still want them to say, to feel, you know, dad does what he says he's going to do. Dad can fix anything, that sort of stuff. Um, that's the most important uh, thing for me with accountability. Mm, awesome, Aaron. Good, great stuff there. I love it. How about for you, Dan? Well, I think your three questions there is, you know, number one is who am I accountable to? So I think that you should always have basically three sets of people in your life at all times, right? So you have those people that are further up the hill from you that are helping you climb the mountain. You have those people that are on the same level than you, that you are that are climbing the mountain with you. And you have those people that are further down the mountain that you're helping climb the mountain with you, that you're teaching them how to climb the mountain. And at GoBundance, you know, I have, you know, Rock is someone that is further down the mountain. You're someone that's further up the mountain. Than, sorry, Rock is further up the mountain in a lot of areas of his life. He's taken an interest in me and has allowed me to go to Montreal and speak with him and do things with him. So it holds me accountable because I want to stay in that relationship by doing the right things. I've got brothers like Aaron that did the Ironman with me. So I had to be accountable to him because he was looking to me to show up to keep him encouraged along the way. And I was looking for him to show up to keep me encouraged along the way. And then I have that person that's coming with me where 
I have a young guy at my office who's 24 years old, and I had said, hey, you need to come do this Ironman with me as well. And he ended up qualifying for the world championship this year. You know, that's just the Ironman side of it. But when it comes to, to my team, um, there's one thing that I'm teaching my team and my children to be, and that's a leader. Because I think that the weakness of our country is the weakness of our male leadership. So if I, I can just build more leaders into our organization and teach them to be a responsible, accountable human beings first, business people second, then I think that we're on our way. You know, a quick little story as to why I think this way is, uh, you know, I am a, a religious guy. I do believe that um, I had a different life prior to making a religious conversion. And that as a result of the choices I made in, in my religious life, that it made me go from some, someone that felt worthless to someone that feels priceless. But as a result of that, I go and hire somebody and I say, hey, $15 an hour, you work for me. And if I was to take that $15 an hour and multiply that times 24 hours, and then I was to multiply that by 365 days, and if that person that's working for me is 30 years old, and I say your life expectancy is 70 years, then I've just valued their life at $5 million. And if the most I ever give that person who I believe is priceless just like me is money, then I failed them. And I feel like I owe them something more than money. I owe them, you know, education. I owe them leadership. And if I can help them have that, it's worth it to me. And the, and the, and the cornerstone fact behind that is that if I offered someone, you know, the average person $5 million to come work with me, they'd say, absolutely, I'll come work with you. I say, I'll pay you $5 million to work with me for one day. I could probably get you, Mike, or Aaron to come work for me or anybody that's watching this to come work for me for that one day for $5 million. But what if I said, hey, Mike, Aaron, I'll give you $5 million, come work for me for one day, but here's the deal. It's your last day. You're dying tomorrow. You have to work with me your whole day. I already know your answer. You're going to be, hell no, I'm not going to do that. Why not? It's $5 million. What if I double it? $10 million. No, I'm not going to do that either. What if I make it $100 million? No, Dan, there's no amount of money that you can give me to buy my last day. Well, here's the deal. As a leader, all these people that work for me, all these people that I influence, I don't know if today's their last day. And if I'm going to trade, they're going to trade their time for money to be with me, then I damn well had better live a good life and show them what's really possible and provide them with an opportunity to be more than just clocking in and clocking out and making dollars. So that's big accountability to me because, again, I want my great-grandchildren to remember these principles, not just some crap I read in a book and then spewed out here in the office and forgot about six months later. Not that I took advantage of people and whipped them like horses to do the work I wanted and then so I could be rich. I don't want to be the only one that makes money here. I want to know that I left a legacy of value in their lives too. That their lives are different because Dan Grebe came this way. And so, you know, I built that into my life. Um, it's a strength that sometimes gets overused. I am accountable to an accountability pod. Um, my pod started the day I joined GoBundance in Orlando, Florida, like three years ago. Those, some of those same members that were in that pod then um, are in that pod now, three years. And it is a highly accountable pod. And when I look around at those guys, and I hope they're all watching this video, I think that like I'm the last person. I voted for them. Like I would never would have thought I was the highest accountability. I've got Gary Jonas, super accountable person. Like, he is a bedrock of accountability. I got Matt Aitchinson. He's like this young superstar. You know, if our future is dependent upon what Matt Aitchinson and his generation does, our, our future is very bright. 
I've got a guy by the name of uh, Jason Giannotti, another one. I got another um, another guy by the name of Adam on there. I've got uh, Daniel Himmel, a freaking genius. These guys are all, all um, uh, super accountable. And I feel like I'm the least accountable of the group. But, but, but by the fact that I'm in their accountability group, they make me stronger. And my, my standards are automatically raised. And I think that's just a testament to great leadership here at GoBundance, finding the right people, saying no to the wrong people, and saying, like, we're going to stand for something or we're, gonna, or we're not going to stand for anything. And one of our key pillars was, at the beginning, was accountability. And we actually said, no, we're going to get rid of accountability as a pillar, and we're going to say every pillar is wrapped in accountability. And the day I heard that, I was like, yep, I'm in the right place. So that's my story of accountability. <laughs> Well, love it, Dan. It's, uh, I love your passion for making sure that your people aren't just there getting a paycheck and that it's something where you're able to make their lives better um, and that you're really looking out for them. I think that's really important. Many of us have employees and people that count on us. And uh, what, an, what a shitty place to be for you and for them if they're just there to make money and that's it. Uh, so I, I love that. I, I was going to point out something that uh, I've learned in the last couple of years from, from John Berghoff uh, about the, the uh, positivity ratio. And so for many of us, you know, Aaron did a great job of pointing out sort of the, um, the Oreo cookie uh, version of like, or I guess the sandwich version of like, you guys are great. You fucked this up and I'm disappointed and, but you guys are great at the end is kind of the thing. And I'm sure Aaron, it's not really like that. I'm just accentuating the, uh, the point here, but you know, I think that, that, uh, that style of leadership of like, uh, the sandwiched in, in between, uh, is really outdated because if you think about it, uh, one third of your interactions in that, that model are still negative, positive, negative, positive. You still have a third, and there's studies that have been done uh, on this positivity ratio uh, where they've studied teams and groups, and by the nature of the communication and interaction they're having, uh, and by logging whether the communication was either positive or negative, there's a ratio where they can tell if a team is about to uh, implode or, or a team member's about to lead, or is it a high-functioning team that's likely to stay together, and and the ratio is around four to one. You have to make sure that you have four positive uh, uh, appreciations and discussions about what we're going to do next in the future is included in positive discussions because anytime you're forward focused on what you're going to do, it's positive. And if you're appreciating them, obviously that's positive. And then negative is maybe not what you think. The negative re react interactions are not just correcting their behavior, pointing out mistakes, but it's even just talking about what happened in the past. If it was something that you didn't want to happen or it didn't go perfectly. So it's, it's how can we really be aware of that? I could tell you that I was doing the ratio perfectly, but I had it inverted, right? I was correcting <laughs> them five times and then giving them one pat on the back. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, this makes a lot of sense. And you realize in that that people are so hungry for appreciation. They're so hungry to know that they're valued. And um, they want to be engaged and to feel like there's something that's greater than just themselves. But here's the thing. You can never get them to engage in your organization if they don't feel good, if the 
the feelings, the emotions that they have about your team and about you as a leader are positive. So if your people don't like you as a leader, um, they might not really respect you either. And there's this old style of leadership where like, you know, I don't care if they like me, I want them to respect me. Um, but you got to have both. They need to uh, appreciate who you are as a leader for them. That's I call that liking you. <laughs> And they also have to respect you. That means that they understand that they may not like everything that you do, but they view it as something that's valuable to them. Um, for me, these were big, big leadership lessons that I've learned over the past year or so. And then I realize I still struggle with it. So what does that tell me? It tells me that most of us, especially me, are wired the opposite of finding appreciation and loving on the people is we're wired to find the problems and what they're not doing. So, so I have this question for you guys both on this tactical side is how do you be honest with somebody? We defined accountability as really being ultimately truthful and honest, but how are you guys honest with people um, when maybe it's hard for you to be, for them to hear what you're saying? Like what's your approach when you need to deliver a tough message to somebody and, and how do you just decide like to not deliver the tough message? Because sometimes it's easier to just avoid it than to, to deliver it. So how do you guys exemplify this level of accountability in your day-to-day -day life by doing what David Osborne taught me so well of being uh, direct enough to care about people, to tell them what you really think so you can serve them instead of creating an easy conversation for them. So how do you guys approach that? Uh, I, I'll take this one, Aaron. I think I, I struggle with, um, with confrontation in that um, I really don't do well by holding it in. Um, my emotions show up pretty much on my face. So if I'm unhappy or dissatisfied with a circumstance with an employee or a person, I normally will go right to them and speak about it because it actually, um, it actually really just erodes me from the inside out you know they say that resentment and that's where resentment is resentment is like you drinking the poison and helping it hoping it kills them and, and i don't ever want to be resentful i don't ever want to hold it in i want to go to people and tell them the truth now there's a difference between being confrontational and being carefrontational where you can go and, and deliver the truth but in a caring way now, I'm blessed in that a lot of people know me as a person that will always tell them the truth. Good or bad, I will tell them the truth. And they trust me for that. Um, the good news is they, they, and they appreciate that for me. The tough part is I sometimes feel like I was too forward or too direct with it. Usually they come back and thank me for it. So I'm, I'm blessed because we live in a world that very rarely will people lay it on the line lay the relationship on the line and say, hey, listen, I care about you and I think you're going down the wrong path. Um, a lot of my male friends, I've had that conversation with them when I see them getting entirely too comfortable with a woman that's not their wife. And I say, hey, man, like, is this your intention? Are you, you know, why don't you just close your eyes right now, think about your daughter or your son screaming and calling for dad and uh, you don't live there anymore because you got too comfortable with this woman. Like, is that really where you want to be? And a lot of my friends are like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for caring enough to actually come up and bring that to my attention. Because most people will just blow it off like, hey, that's not my issue. That's not my problem. Well, I don't want to watch my friend crash his boat into the shore and drown his family. I, I want to tell him, hey, listen, there's rocks there. 
And a lot of times uh, when we're in a bad way, people won't say anything to us. And, um, you know, here at GoBundance, you know, one of our, our, our pillars is that, or, or one of our big um, thoughts is that we don't apologize for being awesome. And what makes us awesome is our ability to tell the truth. Our ability sometimes to see the perspective someone else doesn't see. The ability to say, hey, listen, I see the rocks in front of you. And the reason why I see the rocks is because I watched those same rocks destroy my father. And I don't want to see them do that to you too. Now, if you choose it, like, hey, dude, that's all you. Feel free to, you know, have that problem. And I, and I don't judge you for that. Or, you know, now that I'm 200 pounds and I look back at a picture when I was 300 pounds, I always look back and say, like, how come you guys didn't say anything? You know? <laughs> well, now when people come up and ask me, like, how did I lose all the weight? And I know that they're asking because they have an issue they want to talk about. I'm up front with them. And I'm willing to share the truth about my vulnerability with them. Because I know that which is most universal is also most personal. And what's per most personal is also most universal. So I just, I just do that. And then I recognize that life is 10% about what happens and 90% about how you respond. And in my effort to give my best to someone, if I screw it up and they tell me I screwed it up, I have a really good chance of recovering and doing the right thing based on how I respond to that mistake. And very rarely do I, you know, step on my dick in that area. However, when I do, I hope that my response is one that they can see that I, I was coming from a position of caring about them and that, um, and then I'm grateful. I'm truly sorry if I did in fact cross a line or, um, affect them in a negative way. Mm, I love that ownership of it, Dan. That's great. Aaron, how about for you? The, I mean, what Dan shared is super powerful, right? Like I'm, all, I'm always impressed with some, one of the toughest things to do is going to be to go to a friend that you like and, and instead of being the cool guy going, Hey, I don't think you should be hitting on that girl at the bar right now or saying, or, or like going, going to a friend and saying, Hey, you know, your kid's out of line and you really need to correct that. That's inappropriate. Like that to me is like, this, I've seen a few guys in GoBundance do that and like go up and hold each other accountable and correct them. And emotionally, man, that is one of the toughest challenges to do, right? And, and, and when I've seen other guys do it, I go, I'm super impressed by that, right? The, um, you know, Aaron West is one of the members. It's a great dad. And, and, I, and I got to experience and watch him, you know, talk to a, a, another, a, another member and correct him and say, hey, the, you know, the way your son's acting right now, it, it's, it's not okay. Right. And the, and all of us wanted to say it. And Aaron was the one that was, that was able to go do it. And, um, and it was a super impressive moment of going, yes, like that's, that's something I want to aspire to do. Cause that's a level where I still have difficulty doing it. Right. Because the, the, cause it is much easier to say that part's not my problem. I love Dan's kind of tactic or reminder to himself. I mean, anytime someone does correct us, even if first we're like, Hey, fuck off afterward, we appreciate it. Right. Like the, and so, and then also the same thing, we don't want to see, you know, we, we don't want to see that guy not do anything. And a few years later, the relationship with his son is worse or not do anything. And, and his relationship with his, with his family is out there, you know, on experiences where I do talk to people about that, I try to share my past experience, right? I try to remind them, Hey, I went down that path and it sucked. And I made a decision like that and it sucked. And I wish I wouldn't have, um, but I wish I was as good at that as Aaron West is or Dan Grieb is. You know, when, when I am going to hold people accountable or be very honest with them, you know, I think the tactic that I use is, um, is, like, is I give them a warning. 
So I give them that warning ahead of time that says, hey, um, you know, almost like the, in the review part where this is a safe place, so we're going to be really, really honest in here. And then when it's done, we're going to be friends again. So I think part of accountability is going to be that, like, like prepping them. You know, if I'm about to be like, hey, you shouldn't be acting like that. Hey, you're being dishonest. Hey, it's not okay. Hey, you're letting your family down. I'm going to give, I'm going to give a bit of a warning first. Of, I'm about to say something really bad. You might not like it. It's because I love you. It's because I care about you. And when all this is over, we can move on to something else. But I need to tell you this. And if I don't tell you this, I'm going to regret it. Mm. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, really well said. Love it. It's so important. Um, you know, that's the, pow the power of our group really resides in the accountability. I've heard David talk about this, and I've seen it in other groups. But that, you know, we have adventure, but other groups have adventure. Um, you know, we've got some unique things in GoBundance, but other people could potentially replicate. The one thing that I think we have that is our unique competitive advantage above all else is the authenticity. Um, it is the accountability. It is that uh, place because I really have seen this in other groups too, where the discussion over the reality of where their life really is never really happens on, on all levels because we're actually you know, we're not interested in having you build bigger businesses, really. I mean, we're, we're not an organization that's built or exists to help you build a bigger business. Now, uh, will this organization help you build a bigger business? I believe so, absolutely. But it's designed to help you realize that, you know, it's in the other areas of our lives that, 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 that matter most. And also that are the, one, the areas that we're least most likely to let go of to get the other one, to get the business success. So, um, but I love that, that with, without the uh, accountability and the authenticity, we don't have the ability to really look at someone and say, well, you skipped over your net worth or your financials. What's going on there? Or, hey, you didn't mention anything on your one sheet about your relationships you know, explain to me more what, what's going on there. But it's, it's oftentimes in what a brother is not saying that he needs the support on. And I think we have to get really good as a tribe at creating the common approach to, to telling people like, hey, we need you to reveal all because that's the healing space where if we can really see what's going on with you, we can actually uh, perhaps do something about that and, and work with you on it. So I think it's a great um, opportunity for us all to just realize that, you know, we can call each other out. We've all agreed by being in GoBundance that even though we don't want to hear it necessarily in the moment that we agree that we'd rather you tell it to me, even if you're wrong and I don't believe it, I'd rather you tell it to me than not. And that that's the power of the group is that we all collectively agree that when we have something to say, that we think matters that we always say it. And so if we collectively always stand by that, that's great. And I was having a funny thought of like, maybe we ought to have like a common way to respond to that and to set it up. So I love Aaron's sort of, Hey, um, Hey man, I've got to talk to you about something serious right now where you're giving them that warning, but maybe there's a common language of like, Hey, this is an extreme accountability moment. Are you open to hear? That way they're saying yes. And then what would be funny is they get to say it and then the person who just received it, it'd be funny if they were able to say something like, thank you, now fuck off or something like that, right? <laughs> to like 
to like honor the fact that they don't really want to be hearing it in the moment, but they thank them for the thought because it's really an act of love to tell somebody something that they may not want to hear that's on your mind. So I just want to encourage everybody in the tribe to think about this as a, um, as a way of being, as a cultural norm within our group is to, 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 to tell somebody, Hey, I'm about to tell you something you don't want, you might not want to hear to let them hear it. And for us as the giver to be able to receive back any sort of negative backlash to them, not wanting to hear it and to do it all in the spirit of fun. Um, I think really is a, is a unique idea for us. So anyways, I don't want to add too much more because you guys are the, uh, the brilliance on this call and you've done such an exceptional job of giving great stories and great tactics. Um, we have a few more minutes uh, here. If we get any questions that pop up, we'll, we'll happily answer those. Um, but I would just say, what, what parting advice would you want to leave with the guys? Um, what, what, if somebody wants more accountability or wants more from their life through accountability um, and they want to take some steps, what are some of the bigger steps or even smaller steps they could take right away? An obvious one I'm just going to throw out there is if you're not already in a GoPod, uh, you should really step up to that and commit to that hour every two weeks and into showing up for those guys. I think that's a good one that I would add. But uh, I'm curious, Dan and Aaron, what you guys would add as advice as we start to close out the call here. Aaron, do you want to go first? Sure. I mean, I, I think I think Mike's idea of I, and I mentioned I mentioned it previously too. Like like joining the joining the GoPod. The um, we've seen some really. Uh, We've seen some great examples lately on Facebook of the different pods really holding each other accountable, right? So that's a good, safe way. If you're new to the group, if you don't, if you haven't picked out those people you really want to link yourself to yet, that's a great way that the that the tribe will kind of match somebody for you. And there's almost like when it comes to accountability, I mean, that's almost like the biggest challenge and responsibility that the Go Pods are following through with right now. Like there's brainstorming that happens and there's introductions that happens. But the big thing that I'm seeing with a lot of the groups is, all right, what's your goal? And then, um, you know, we all saw the, the Mario's dog food scenario uh, play out on, on Facebook with that too. So a pod is a safe way to get matched up with somebody. The, um, you know, for, for me, the, uh, the pod wasn't the best structure for me. The, and so what I found is there's a couple, like having a, a guy in each category became the good one for me. And so if you're new, a pod's going to be a great, great way. And most people really excel in that. Uh, for me, I had different guys that I wanted to be like, that I admired their accountability with their business, or I admired their accountability with their health. And I picked them out to be my accountability partner in that aspect. So I think there's, there's a couple different ways to do it. Um, and then share your goals with as many people as you know. Uh, because yeah. that's going to make you a more accountable person in general. Yeah. Great advice, Aaron. Great advice. So I would say along the lines of the same things, I think a GoPod is valuable. Um, I'm in a GoPod where I 100% believe that the rest of those members are more accountable uh, to their lives than I am. And as a result, I'm representing them by being on this call. I mean, reality here is every one of them are very accountable people, and my association allows me to be on this call. Um, I would say that if you have been in a pod with GoBundance and the pod didn't work out, that you are empowered by the leadership to go create one. Go find four or five guys and say, hey, these are the four guys I want to be with and go make it happen. Everybody that's in GoBundance is already a leader 
and you don't have to have permission to be awesome. Remember that. We don't apologize. So go find those guys and create one. If you're going to be at Steamboat, then go make it happen. Find guys that are like-minded that you want to have with you and then just say, hey, Mike, here's my pod. And they're going to say, great, go do it. Make it, make it happen. And, um, and, and don't wait. Um, go create what you want. And then, then when you get into your pod, define what it is. You know, on, on our pod, it is accountable. You have to do certain things. I struggle with being, you know, there every week. And they made it very clear, like, if you don't start coming every week, you're out. And I was the, one of the founders of it. And, uh, and, I, and I changed because I, the relationships and the uh, information and the accountability mattered so much to me in all the other areas that I was willing to be more responsible in that area so I could stay in it. And then define accountability. To me, accountability is not a bunch of guys trying to catch me at my worst. Because if I feel like I'm in an unsafe place where people are trying to catch me at my worst, then my guard is up. What I'm looking for when it comes to accountability is I'm looking for individuals that care about me, that are looking for my blind spots to prevent me from, you know, crashing my boat into the shore, or hitting those rocks or getting off course. And if I have five guys that are, that are genuinely concerned about my family, me, my business, all things Dan Grieb, then I have a, I have a better chance of making it financially you know, being married the rest of my life, having great relationships with my kids, getting healthy, staying healthy, because I have other people pouring into me. Um, and I, I made that very clear with my pod from the beginning, and they all agree with it as well. And every member of our pod is growing. Every member of our pod is healthy. Every member of our pod is making sure, you know, is working on relationships with their spouses. They're giving. They're doing things that are charitable. They're, they're providing leadership in other areas of their lives. Because that's the standard. That's the minimum standard to be in our group. And, um, and I'll tell you what, if I could do it all over again, I would have just joined earlier. I would have joined earlier. And then I would have um, infused myself into GoBundance more. Now, um, last year, I spent the whole year, for the most part, working towards losing this weight. I needed to lose a lot of weight. I lost 110 pounds. So therefore, you know, I skipped out on going to the... Um, international trip man i wanted to go i went to vietnam two years ago these international trips are what i call the field ministry where the change really can happen where you can really associate yourself you know i roomed with rock thomas for two weeks i was around you know one of the greatest human beings to walk the earth for two weeks i saw him when he woke up i saw how he talked to his kids i saw how he conducted business i saw how he conducted his life and he got to see the same with me. We're forever bonded from that. The people that went on that trip with me, we're forever bonded. And this, when Japan comes around, like as soon as they say I can put my money down, I'm putting my money down because I don't want to miss out on the experience, the accountability, the growth that occurs uh, with being with the same individuals for two weeks in a foreign place where we need each other, we rely on each other, and they can really look into your life and hear what's underneath the surface and start making effective change. Um, if GoBundance did away with that, I'd probably not see the value in GoBundance anymore. Awesome. Well, we're going to keep doing it, Dan, just for you, buddy. So Hey, listen, I appreciate that. I'm kind of a big deal. I like that. Um, yeah, there is some accountability that occurs on those longer trips because at some point during that trip, the real you is going to show up. And, uh, you know, it, things get a little hairy at times on those trips, but, you know, can we all come together and still be brothers at the end, which we always are, 
it's a true testament to everything. Um, I think I've only punched David a few times on those international trips. So he still loves me though. I, I, um, we, should, we should add that to the videos and sometimes they get a little hairy. Yeah, yeah. You might get punched. You might get punched, but you'll be happy about it. Well, it's in the middle of those, like on those trips, it's in between the bucket list adventures. It's sitting in the hotel where the words are spoken in your life that changes your life. The concept of anytime you think ugly about someone and you say, you know, that guy's a real asshole or, or that guy's brilliant. You know, I was taught, David Osborne said, I read this in a book. You should consider this. And I was like, what is that? He goes, anytime you say that, or say this, he was talking to a group of us, you should add just like me at the end. So anytime you're like, that guy's a real asshole, you'd be like, just like me. Because what you're doing is you're identifying in, in them what's wrong with you. Or when you see someone, you're like, that guy's brilliant. You're like, just like me. Because I'm identifying his brilliance, the, my brilliance in him, but I'm seeing it in him. And I, I got to remind myself, like, that's possible for me too. And those little in-between moments, you know, unfortunately, you don't get that a lot. As, as business owners, as alpha males, as most of them are, of us are, we don't have really the opportunity to someone to shine their light into our life and really take a look and say, you may want to take a look at that, change that, until you get out of the country in a place where you really need each other. Because you can't just like wander around in Vietnam into the woods and it's going to be okay. You got to follow the path or, you're, you know, the, some of the things we do are rather extreme. You know, Rock and I raced our mountain bikes down the hill at like 40 miles an hour we only did that because we had each other i would have clearly not done that by myself and he clearly wouldn't have done that by himself but it was a moment of growth in that in that adventure so anyway i can go on and on i love this group i love what we stand for and um i'm glad that i get to be um representing you guys for accountability um, so dan my coach told me one time when you point at somebody there's three fingers pointing back at you so that's the idea of like when we recognize something in someone else, it's really, it's really an indictment on ourselves uh, uh, to witness that. So I love that. I did want to point out to you that um, if you do form a pod on your own, Dan's right, we're, we're good with that. If you're on a pod though currently and you're trying to form another one, make sure you respectfully talk to your current pod and let them know what's going on so that you're, you're not disbanding one pod to go join another one that seems really sexy and exciting at the, the event. The other thing is once you kind of get a pod together, rather than just running with it, I will get on your pods calls the first few two and I'll train you how to run a pod, how to do a pod and what formats to follow. So just know that and then go team. If we can post in the comments of this live feed, the application to sign up for a pod. That way, if anybody's interested in signing up for a pod, they'll know uh, where to do that. The other thing I would like to just recommend is um, on this idea of leadership and accountability, for those of you who might want to get more out of our Steamboat event than the typical attendee, uh, the greatest way to do that is to join our leadership team, which we have our first call tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern, Eastern time. Uh, with Berghoff and I to discuss what to expect at the meeting, how you can help uh, make it a better meeting by being on our leadership team. So if you have any interest at all, sign up. We'll put the app in the comments for the leadership team as well if you'd like to join us. And ultimately, the reason why you would join the leadership team is because you want to learn better how to run your own meetings or to bring your own groups together. So if you have your own team, your own organization, 
the best way to get the most value from Steamboat is to learn what we're doing while we're in Steamboat behind the scenes, because that could be very beneficial to you in your own uh, business. I know Dan and Aaron, I think, are both on our leadership teams, actually. Mm -hmm. So as, uh, as our accountability pillar killers, I'd expect nothing less. Yeah. Uh, but guys, let me just um, end the call by uh, appreciating you both uh, for your transparency, uh, for your vulnerability today on the call, your accountability and the way that you've shown up in your lives, your families, your communities, and for all of us here in GoBundance uh, to help us to be more accountable, to help us to hit, have bigger and bolder lives. Uh, Dan, you're an animal uh, in your pursuits on the Ironman. It's a pleasure to have you as one of our captains of the, the Six Pillar Race Team. Dan's going to be putting together uh, a couple of races uh, next year for you all to uh, participate in with your GoBundance brothers. Uh, so thank you, Dan, for doing that and being the captain uh, along with Aaron West of, of that group. It's really awesome of you to do that. And then Aaron Amuchastegui has got a book that's coming out soon called The Five-Hour uh, School Week. It's almost as good as The Four-Hour School Week, which I'm planning to write next year. But between well, now and then, best. between now and then, you should check out uh, what Aaron is up to with families and Fambundance and uh, – Aaron, thank you for all that you do for the tribe. Dan, you as well. I know guys got a lot of value out of this today as I did. So uh, have a great day, you guys, and we'll be seeing you soon. Thank you. Thank right, you. you guys uh, are awesome. guys. Man, wasn't that awesome? Way to grab life big. Until next time, grab it big, boys. Grab life big. <laughs> <laughs>